Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. I have a fire starter. Now, if you're anywhere near something flammable, you might want to move. If you live near a wooded area, you might want to listen to this away from the wooded area. Because when a fire starter is here, things are liable to burn up. I'm telling you. This lady is a fire starter. She has a 17-year career in government relations as an executive for a large international nonprofit. And she is wanting to introduce folks to the great MESET. We're going to talk about all those things in the next few minutes with Terry Broussard-Williams, who joins me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Terry, how are you today? Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. Terry, let's start here. Everyone has had a different experience the last 18 months. I live in West Virginia. We have the smallest population, one of the smallest populations in the United States. We have dealt with the pandemic in a far different way than in New York City or Texas or a lot of the hot spots, things like that. We, we just have. It's just a, a different pace here, a different lifestyle here in Appalachia than it is in, in a lot of the urban areas in this country. What have you learned from the last 18 months or so in, about life and business that's going to be a continued lesson that you take with you throughout the remainder of your career? Absolutely. I, I do think that everyone's had a different experience. I had the opportunity during the pandemic to travel to different parts of the country safely, of course, with lots of hand sanitizer and masks. But everyone has experienced something different. For me, I actually got a head start of, on everyone else. Um, in September of 2019, I was at an event actually lobbying and a sofa came down on my head. It was this freak accident where someone lifted a couch and it just hit me in the head. And so it it's crazy. It sounds crazy, but it was just this weird thing that happened in my life. And so for three months, I was at home um, I could not work. I could not use a phone or a computer. I was just sitting on my couch, ironically, you know, the sofa landed on my head, but then I became centered on my sofa at home. And during that time, I realized that I was on this hamster wheel of work and life and just moving really fast and, you know, was a board member, you know, was a wife, a sister, a friend, and just did everything to everyone else and nothing so myself. you were quarantined before quarantining was cool. And, and, right. and, yeah, and so I, yeah, so I've got to ask you this because I, I've heard people talk, I've heard leadership experts talk about this. If you don't take care of certain aspects of your life, then at some point life will be, will force you to take care of those like your health, your finances, your, your spiritual walk with the Lord, other things like that. When when you had that accident, after the initial trauma and shock, maybe after the first week or two or something like that, and you, you came to the settling realization that this was going to be your life for the next 
couple of months or so. Take me through the thought processes that you had being centered on your couch, you know, yeah. so to speak. And it's ironic that that the the an, a sofa caused the accident, and then you know you're you're basically either bed, you know, you're you're in bed a lot and things like that. What was going through your mind and and the, some of the emotions you were dealing with having that sedentary lifestyle for two or three months while you were recovering? Yes. And I, I you know, it, it takes us to the point that you were making earlier and the question that you asked early, earlier, you know, so I learned rest for the first time. You know, I graduated from college in three years, started working full time while in college. I was just on this hamster wheel. So I learned rest. I, I was still for the first time, I had not been still, you know, probably since middle school. Yeah. And I learned grace, grace for myself. And so those three things really anchored the way that I began to look in the world. And I think that's happening for so many people right now, right? Yeah. The world is having this great reset. And so I believe it's allowing us to have a great reset for the first time in our lives. We are taking inventory of what matters to us, you know, within our communities on the ground, within our workplaces. How do we want to show up at work? Do we even want to show up at work? And um, inside, you know, we're, we're all experiencing emotions that maybe we hadn't felt before. And we are choosing the lens in which we want to see the world and how we're moving. And so I call those things the great me set. I, I am learning to put myself first. And when I put myself first, I can lead more authentically. I can live more happily. I can be more healthy. Yeah, I, I love that because I, I, I understand what you're talking about there because I, I wanted to do a podcast for a good while and the pandemic was a perfect opportunity to do it because I had some extra time and finished my book, which I had extra time. And so I understand that when, when you talk about defining the great me set because a lot of people and, and again that's why I asked the question the way I did was a lot of people would tell you maybe a small business owner would tell you they've had the greatest year or the greatest 18 months of their life because they were forced to do things differently as you were talking yeah. about getting off the hamster wheel some would tell you it's been terrible um, some have lost loved ones through it things like that what are you hearing from folks that you work with around their own personal me set? Are you hearing that it was an eye-opening revelation or are you hearing the exact opposite? Are you hearing, hey, Terry, I, I feel what you're saying, but boy, oh boy, I wish I had a time machine. I could go back to 2019 and then time jump away from these last 18 months because they have been terrible. What are you hearing about folks that have had those personal experiences like that? No, I think life takes us on a journey and what you have gained from the last 18 months depends on who you are and where you are in that journey. You know, so the people who saw it as an opportunity to get reconnected to their home life or their family or their business, they are rocking and rolling, right? They are more innovative. They are more generative before, um, you know, in a manner than before they were in 
Sorry, I married before COVID. I couldn't get those. Hey, I make all kinds of speaking mistakes, and people still listen to me. So you're you're just fine. Go go right ahead. You are you are catching me after a very long weekend, and after um, that's why I have that's why you'll catch me sipping some hot tea during the you know while you're talking. I'll sip some hot tea with a little coffee in it because I need that pick me up as well, Terry. It's you know never heard of that. I've never heard of putting coffee in your tea or tea in your coffee and i haven't had either this morning terry that was so a part of the pandemic me set for myself that was that came from the my me set was i never I, I hated coffee i never put coffee in my tea but i wanted um i wanted something to balance the sweetness of the honey because i i put raw honey yeah. in it for for the health benefits and um I wanted something to balance the sweetness of it. So that's why I put a little coffee and a little extra caffeine to kind of perk me up. So that came from my me set from 2020 was the, the coffee, tea, and honey combination. Nice. And, and what and actually what you saw is a, a symptom of um, my recovery from a, a major concussion. My brain just doesn't work the same as it can I can I can I take I you in a so Terry, do you mind? I'm sorry, can I take you there for just a second? You I, if you don't mind, I want to shift that because you went through a major life event like a lot of other people have gone through a major life event that have had COVID. I know people that have had COVID that that had it and recovered two or three months ago that are still a fear that are still experiencing side effects from it. You know, and and you just mentioned your your concussion was nearly two years ago and you're still not all the way there. How do you here? This is why I wanted to, and forgive me for interrupting you, but this is why I wanted to 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 kind of cut you mid sentence there. You said something important. What I took from that is you're learning to live with how you are now, how your recovery is ongoing, and a lot of folks are in that same boat. What have you learned about recovery? that you may not have known before or perceived before and learning with the new living with the adjustments that you've had to make in life. I think that's really important to, to discover what you did and, and the adjustments you've made around how you're recovering and still recovering. Sure. I, um, I will answer that, but I want to tell you a story. So I started painting with oil and watercolors and sketching at the age of five, I got real legit art instruction from um, a painter that was from Italy. And she recently passed away. And I learned this, this great lesson from her that I don't know if I fully understood it until she passed away um, just last month. And her name was Savannah Borg. She was the grand, or she, She's the grandmother of actually someone that was on American Idol, Mackenzie Borg. They're just this beautiful artistic family. And so Miss Silvana would notice that I was like gripping my pencil really tight and trying to like write my name perfectly or get the lines perfect when I was sketching. And, you know, when you sketch for art, you want the lines to be like have flow and just be really light so you can paint over them. So what she would do is she would give me a raw egg. And, and tell me to draw on that egg. And that was her way of getting me to kind of let go. And if I drew too hard, you know, I end up with yolk in my egg or, or egg yolk in my hands, right? Yeah. And so when I think back, 
to that lesson. And I did, as I, I pinned a note to her husband about what she meant to me, it took me back to that me set. And so before my concussion, you know, I had to nail things. They had to be perfect. If a meeting started at 10, it needed to start at 9.59. You know, I was striving to check the boxes for everything. And, you know, I go back to those three things I mentioned to you. The first was just being still, like it is okay to be still, you know? So yesterday when I was on the plane taking off to come home, I just put on my, my iPhone and my, my earbuds and just listened to music instead of like trying to bang out some emails in my phone. I was just still. The other thing was I, I learned rest, you know? So, you know, again, going back to that airplane before my concussion, I would clean out the inbox, you know, in my, either my work computer or my personal computer yesterday, I took a nap on the plane. And I also just learned grace, how to just give yourself the forgiveness that you give to others. When someone is late for a meeting, what do you tell them? No problem. Right. Or if someone says they missed a deadline, you're like, it's okay. You can get it to me tomorrow. Yeah. But when it's self, you don't extend that grace to yourself to say, it is okay to go to bed at nine o'clock tonight and just be silent in bed and, and meditate or just to have a moment in prayer if you choose to, you know, to pray. You know, so those are the things that I took away, you know, rest, still, and grace. And they've extended to every part of my life. And so, you know, I don't mind letting everyone see that maybe I have a hiccup in my thinking and can't think of that perfect word. Um, you know, I can now, as I wanted to say, you know, the way people feel before the pandemic. But before I would get so caught up in missing that word that I would walk away thinking that you and I didn't have a good conversation. Um, but so you just learn to adapt and see things differently. And, you know, if you allow me to pivot, I think the way that we can continue to have those, those me set moments where we can honor ourselves, you know, we, we first have to breathe. I call that the first step yeah. in this thought process. Just take a moment to breathe. And then second, you have to visualize the end goal. So if you want to create a movement in your community, what does that look like? What is the goal that you're achieving? Or if you want to have a behavior change within yourself, if, you know, you want to like go with some of that perfectionism, what does that feel like? You have to visualize it. Then the third step is you want to begin to attract the people that you might need to make that happen, the tools that you might need, the moments that you might need, you have to attract those things so that you are in position to make them happen. And then last, the fourth step is you have to transform. You know, so I had to be okay with letting that egg crack in my hand to become a better painter, or I had to be okay with just resting on the plane yesterday um, to be energized and ready to go for you today without coffee or tea. So breathe, uh, visualize, attract, and transform. And those are the elements of honoring that great me set. Well, the coffee just kind of kickstarts everything, you know, it just kind of, <laughs> kind of makes it go. I, I'm, you know, when, when, when you know, we, uh, my niece, uh, my wife takes my niece to school. She goes to a Christian school and my wife takes her to school and she'll tell you when she hits the door, her uncle is up and engaged in conversation with her because I want to to kind of pre-educate her before the education really starts, you know. So uh, let's step aside, take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Terry's book, Find Your Fire. We're going to talk a little bit about her book, Find Your Fire. 
and get into more great conversation. You stay with us. Terry Broussard Williams is my guest today on the Intentional Encourager podcast back in just a moment. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Terry, let's talk about Find Your Fire. Stories and strategies to inspire the change maker in you. Take me through that process of writing your book because everybody has a different process. For me, mine was about two and a half years. And then the pandemic just kind of jump started. It was either now or never in my case. But for you, what was the impetus for you to write your book? Yes. And I, I just moved my camera so y'all could see a little bit of that cover over there. That <laughs> yeah. a girl. Hey, bravo. bravo. Hey, we we don't mind shameless plugs here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. We love it. We 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 enjoy it. That's why you call it the intentional, right? Intentional encourager. We are. Yes, we're very intentional. If you gave me a half a minute, I'd go grab my book and hold it up, but it's a, it's got a green yeah. cover and a green screen, so it's, you know, it would just be a hot mess. But seriously, what was the impetus for your book? Sure. So my undergraduate studies is in, in journalism, and I, I began working in television as a teen reporter at the age of 16. And when I look back at my life, that through line or that common theme is that I want to give people access to information, data, stories, information, so that they can do good in the world. And so, you know, I transitioned from television news to lobbying around 2003. And the same skills that I use working in a television newsroom were the same skills that I used as a lobbyist. And I had a conversation just on Saturday with a journalist named named Jesse Mitchell, who's at CBS, and she and I were, were, were talking about just um, how much you can inspire people when you give them what they need to do good. And, and so I began to see these themes in my life. You know, if I was working to advance policy to state capital, that might make the state smoke free. Um, when I gave that power to the residents in that community, instead of just holding it for myself, yeah. they, they looked energized. They looked happy, like they were at their best because yeah. they were transforming their communities. And so you know, I had this great career where it became really easy for me. I didn't have to think about it. I was being able to really transform communities around me. And so I wanted to give that power and those tips to others. Yeah. And going back to what you and I talked about earlier, you said, you know, the universe. 
will bring the things together for you when the time is right. You know, if you have ideas swirling in your head, it will just create a, a stop so that you have that path. You know, and so for me, I began writing my book um, before I had my concussion that we mentioned before your break. But when I had that concussion, I couldn't, I couldn't write, you know, I couldn't be on my computer and I couldn't be at work. But I had this break in time where I had to ask myself what was the most important thing. And it was getting the story out. And so I moved from, you know, keystrokes and tapping on a keyboard to recording on my phone and was able to create my book out um, in just a matter of months. So when you put an intention out in the universe um, and you asked to encourage others, it always happens right on time. I got to ask you this because I was thinking as you were telling a little bit of your story about being in front of the camera and doing work that people see, right? And then being behind the scenes and doing lobbying and doing work that no one sees because you're meeting with people daily. You're, you're having lunch meetings. You're, you're doing this. You're, you're going from meeting to meeting. And a lot of meetings now have, have gone virtual. So literally nobody sees the, the work unless you record, unless you're recording the conversation and things like that. Was that a hard transition for you? The reason I ask is I know people in television in, in our, in local television and things like that, who have been in the camera for, or been in front of the camera for decades. And I, I have a journalism background myself. I took two years of journalism at Marshall university. And so I, I understand the business. Well, was that a hard transition for you to move from in front of the camera to behind the scenes? Absolutely not. I, but I think it also depends on the person and how you draw your energy and what you need to get out of your own journey. I am an introvert. <laughs> I much rather give someone that might to hold so that they can be their best. I much rather teach someone how to accomplish a goal so that they can share their talents with the world. Okay. So, so, so let me ask you this. How does an introvert by nature turn on the ability to be an extrovert? I'm an extrovert who's had to learn some introversion from being around my wife, who's very much an introvert. And now the older I've gotten, the more the, there are times I'm, I'm introverted myself. How did you flip that switch? Because there could be, there are people listening, I'm sure that are saying, you know, Terry, I feel you. I am not by nature an outgoing out there person. I, I have, feel like I have a story to tell, but that's just not in my internal nature. How did you turn that on in your life to, to take that from the natural innate part of what you were born with and, and what, what God gave you when you were born to just go, okay, I'm going to make myself become an extrovert because I would have never known. And I don't think the audience would have ever known that that was ever a part of your personality. Yeah. Because you, you just seem to be so natural and it just seems to flow out of you. How did you make that switch in that flip? Right. So many people confuse um, skills and traits with preferences, right? So when, when you really look at the definition and that scientific explanation of being an introvert or an extrovert, it's truly how you draw your energy. 
Um, it's not so much how you show up in the world. So you can still need moments where you are quiet um, and you are not around a lot of people and still have the skills and traits to show up and share a message. You know, so for me, it might just be having a quiet moment before I walk on stage and speak to thousands of people or even having a quiet moment before I do something like this. So before you and I um, recorded today, I had a meeting with my, my publicist. I stopped, I listened to Fall Out Boy, I had a little dance, a moment by myself, and, and then I was able to show up here, right? Um, but for me, if I did this at the end of the day, after a full day of lobbying or a full day of giving a keynote, then I might not be ready or desire to do this, right? Yeah. So you have to just think about how you stack that day um, based off your your energy levels and what you need. And even if we were to do this at the end of the day, I might just have a 30 minute break where I was just answering emails or are meditating or having yeah. a quiet moment to recharge to show up for you. I, I've got to ask you this real quick. Let's step aside and take another break. I want to ask you about, if you're watching this on YouTube, I want to ask Terry about what's behind her, the saying that's behind her. Terry Broussard Williams is my guest. Come back with us here in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. I want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew. And he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger, deeper, and more powerful connector, you've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up. Kindle, if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of People buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Terry, behind you over your right shoulder is a saying that says, I believe leaders turn moments into movements. That is so good. And you were talking about those moments a minute ago where you grab five minutes just to get your mind in that right place, or you grab 30 minutes just to decompress and think about things. For me, traveling most of my career, the car was where I did a lot of those things. The car might have been, and in full disclosure, a lot of people will say, you're, you're a natural at, at, at doing this and having conversation but they don't see all the times I was in the car and just talked to myself and practiced saying what I wanted to say and doing it the way I wanted to do it and, and, and kind of hosting a podcast where nobody was listening, just me in the car. 
those moments turned into what you see now. Can you take me to a moment in your life that became a movement beyond the, you, you've talked about the great me set, but can you take me to a moment in your life that became a movement in your life? Yeah, but, but before I even talk about myself, I'll just share some, um, so people really understand the, the context. You know, I, I tell everyone that movement makers or fire starters, they're everyday people. You don't need a pedigree to create change, you know, um, but you, you do need to have a good work ethic, good intention and a good heart. And I really believe that fire starters and movement makers are people who see things that others ignore, but they opt to take change. They take that first step. And so when we think of some of the greatest movements of our life, there were leaders who had that one moment where they might've delivered a great speech and mm -hmm. a movement came from yeah. it. And oftentimes those movements aren't for the people that they knew. They're for the people that they never knew, that they would never meet. Like Martin Luther King Jr., you know, August 1963, he was in Washington, D.C. saying, I have a dream. Yeah. They were fighting for equality in the workplace. We continue that movement today. Or Eleanor Roosevelt, again, in Washington, D.C., you know, taking the moment of just the heaviness of that time and looking for a way to create, you know, social movements for good. And we do that social impact work today. You know, so for me, quite oftentimes is seeing the opportunity to be to begin uh, an issue advocacy campaign that might create a new law and tapping the shoulder of someone nearby to say, you can take this. Or just, you know, in context of finding your fire is, you know, teaching others how they can take that passion or that movement where they identified the passion um, and starting a movement in their community by, you know, launching a nonprofit or passing a law or even something as small as, you know, collecting toiletries for the homeless. Yeah. Um, there's so many ways that you can create social movements for good. Well, and, and I've said this before, I have a, I have a 21 year old son and I have told him and I've told other people his our nine, our nine eleven will be his COVID nineteen, oh. where he'll know he will be able to tell his children and grandchildren where he was when the world shut down, the Great Reset, as we talked about earlier. I'll be able to tell my grandchildren where I was when I heard about the towers falling on September eleventh, two thousand and one. And so you're right. It, it is so important to to keep those moments close to us yeah. and never forget them and remember how we felt. My, my last question for you is going to be this. Give the folks in this audience your biggest piece of intentional encouragement around turning moments into their life into movements of encouragement. Maybe the fire they need to start within them is beginning to encourage themselves more. To, to do to do bigger, greater things. So take that question for the next couple of minutes and just run with it. <laughs> yes. You know, well, earlier in the podcast, I laid out the four ways that you can have your very own me set, just honoring that passion that's inside of you. And, you know, to recap it, you know, you have to breathe. You have to really visualize that good that you want to do in the world or that change you want to happen inside of you. 
then you will begin to attract the things that you need around you. And, and last, you have to transform. And those are the things that really make it happen. But Brian, you know, I tell everyone, those are the four steps that you need to create, create that moment. But there are four things that I pack in my backpack. We're an invisible backpack every day. The first is faith. You know, I, I believe that my grandparents and parents, they saw something in a neighborhood of Truman in Lafayette, Louisiana. They saw the opportunity to build a church, a black Catholic church, and they raised their hand and they built that church because they were faithful people. Now that church wasn't just about them serving as Christians and serving their community. It was, they saw something bigger than themselves. And so oftentimes when we're starting a movement, no matter what it is, that faith is tied to us believing in something bigger than ourselves. And could just be believing that our community is a special place. Um, so faith is something that you need to carry with you every day. The, the second is fortitude. You know, we have to know that there is always a way. We just have to find the way. And we can do that by turning obstacles into opportunities. So if we begin to look for the opportunities, instead of getting caught up by obstacles, that way becomes more clear each and every day. The third one is we have to fail forward. And that's something that you and I talked a little bit about earlier. Um, when we identify failures early and we don't let them stop us, we take that opportunity to become more innovative, to become more generative, to make our ideas bigger and better, then we feel good about it. I tell people you should not have action, you know, review plans. Like when things go bad, we have these meetings where we look at what happened. So it doesn't yeah. happen again. You should turn those into failure festivals, <laughs> you know, to, to celebrate what you've learned. And last is tied to grace, something that you and I talked a lot about earlier. And, and that is forgiveness for ourselves, not so much for others. We forgive others. We do that very well. And it's very simple. But forgiveness for ourselves, for when we need to say no, or when we just need to find more time for us to be still or to rest or, or to say that this project isn't, isn't for us right now because we need to honor time with our family or honor time for ourselves. So faith, fortitude, a little failure and forgiveness are things that will allow you to be intentional and encourage others around you each and every day. That is so good. Terry, tell folks how they can connect with you, get your resources, um, get your book, things like that. H how do folks connect with you? TerryBWilliams.com is your one-stop shop for all the things. <laughs> um, from mindful marks that will remind you how to honor that space and the time that you want when you're having a me set or creating a, a movement for social good and change. Those are on my, my website to, um, to inspirational podcasts, you know, where I talk to other leaders that have turned moments into movements, or people might even find some worksheets where they can get tools and strategies and tips to become a leader that turns a moment into a movement. So terrybwilliams.com. And I always have tips and tools and stories on Instagram at terrybwilliams or Movement Maker Collective, also on Instagram. Awesome. Movement Maker collective on Instagram, movement maker collective on Instagram. I'm jotting that down so I can, I can remember that as well too. And Terry is spelled T E R R I B 
Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S.com, TerryBWilliams.com, where you can find Terry Broussard Williams and her resources and things like that. What a joy this has been. Thank you for joining me today, Terry, on the Intentional Encourager podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.